Welcome to Worker Movement, a podcast dedicated to the working class, a podcast dedicated to raising class consciousness. This podcast is for you, for us, for the worker. The House of Representatives impeached Trump by a vote of 232 to 197, with four brave Republicans not voting. All 222 Dems supported impeachment, and 10 Republicans did as well. I've just been handed a press release, and I was supposed to tell you this was the most bipartisan impeachment ever, which is nice, I guess. Also, if you're tracking the counts at home, Trump now moves ahead of Bill, I could have retained the top spot if my wife ran a competent campaign, Clinton, and Andrew, I paved the way for Trump to fire cabinet secretaries Johnson. Mitch McConnell, the outgoing Senate Majority Leader, has effectively delayed the Senate trial into the next congressional term. The impeachment trial will be conducted with a democratically controlled Senate, unlike Trump's previous trial that intentionally excluded witnesses. An actual impeachment trial raises a lot of open questions, legally, politically, and theatrically. Well, the, the real question is, is why, why doesn't Trump resign on the 19th? I think I've said this before. Let that little bitch Pence come in there. Become president number 46, which will get him in the in the annals of the history books, right? He's the shortest president ever. People have to make like a fucking state quarter with his face on it or something. Yes, they will. And it's going to fuck up all of the shirts that are already printed for Biden 46. It's the most petty ass shit to do. I think they should do it. And then Biden becomes 47. And millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars will be lost because they've already got like dumb shit coming out going oh our 46 president do do to do like his inauguration is gonna have to change all the signs it's gonna be real fucked up the print shops aren't gonna be able to handle it in real terms how much money have people spent on merchandise with 46 president for biden it's in the millions oh real talk real money yeah yeah millions of dollars millions no of bullshit. dollars of just absolutely wasted shit on garbage merchandise for a rapist president that doesn't know where he is at most times i don't understand what this what this impeachment's for besides just theater that's really all it is it's pure theater so if we start with the dems and say what incentive do they have to impeach what's your list of why do the democrats want to impeach well i I, a couple i think reasons is the the base of the democratic party has been like super horny for the idea of getting trump out of office before he's done right and really putting that that stake in the ground that we're not Trump and you know we're we're the party of the purity and the ideologies and we're here to really govern and help you out. It's really trying to show the us versus them, but but in a different way in in the us as in we follow the law and we're rule of law and we love America uh, versus them who is a who are insurrectionists and hate brown people and whatever other adjectives you want to throw at Trump. And it's really just designed to distract from the overall agenda of Biden, which is like nothing, like status quo and and pretty much nothing. Because like, I don't even hear him saying he's going to roll back anything the first time he goes in there. In fact, he's already walked that back. He's not going to take kids out of cages. Right here, he said that day one. He's going to you know wait and see. So I think it's just a distraction policy. So the Dems basically won on a campaign of we're not Trump. And this is like the logical conclusion of their we're not Trump pitch, ending with a crescendo of institutional ceremony that will result in absolutely nothing other than a big banner that says mission accomplished. We impeach Trump again. I think it also helps their fundraising because there's a ton of shit libs out there that are really eager to buy impeached again and just dumb, stupid T-shirts. And they're ready to donate to John Ossoff because he had such a successful campaign. 
and Amy McGrath needs to run again so that she can lose to whoever the other ghoul in Kentucky is. There's money to be wasted there, and the best way to do it is to oppose Trump at every step of the way because that's been the winning strategy so far, I think. Yeah, and, and actually, you know, if they're really confident, they would be neutering Trump's base. But I don't think they have it in them to actually do that. Like, they don't have them in them to actually paint his base as, you know, insurrectionist and, and treasonist and and just downright illegal people or candidates, you know, unlawful or whatever you want to say. They don't have it in them to just go after his base and call them pieces of shit. Like, they're not going to call out um, Hawley right, or Cruz. They're not, they're not going to tar and feather him in the crowds. Right, I mean, they should, but they're not going to. They're not. They're not going to come out and say, "Oh, this guy's a piece of shit." <laughs> they're just going to say, "We're back to law and order, everybody. Back to normal. Back to fucking poor people every day." That's what they're going to say. And there's plenty of precedent, especially after the Civil War, for literally not seating people who are elected through a completely legitimate election because they're representing effectively the South. And if yep. the Dems really wanted to make an argument that these people are seditious or treasonous or insurrectionist or whatever. I, I think there's a legitimate argument that they could make for a non-zero number of currently incumbent reps and senators and just draw the line and just kind of see what happens. But I don't, I don't think any of that's going to happen. I know that Cory Bush is making a pitch to have some of these people not seated or uh, investigated for various shenanigans associated with pre-planning the uh, insurrection and i think that like that's the correct pursuit but i don't think the dem establishment is gonna allow it even though they probably should they should draw a hard line and just see what happens because ultimately they do benefit electorally from drawing this line as we saw from georgia flipping both its senate seats as a result of trumpism this plays well for the democratic electorate and you should just keep pushing for it i think it comes to the point where there is some truth in the fact that if you like help plan it, that I mean that's conspiracy. I mean you are a criminal, right? There's one, there's one part of that that is you know we should get down and, and we should criminalize those that's done it and and really go after them. And not because I believe in cops, but I just believe in fucking people over in the system that f- fucked other people over in. But the other thing about it is it's good for politics. I mean, you could slam through the Biden's first hundred and fifty days basically in court just trying to fuck over the republican party over and over and over again just bringing charges against them and asking for you know all the emails right ask for discovery continuously over and over again not not because it's it's good for the country but just because it's good politics i mean it really is i mean if if you're going to impeach trump shouldn't you impeach cruz why not go through that you might not have the votes but who cares it's political theater engage in it commit to it your entire party is predicated on we're not trump so just tighten the screws yeah commit to the scam i mean really just pound cruise call him a bitch like like trump did all i did is point out the fact that on the cover of the national Enquirer there was a picture of her, him and crazy lee harvey oswald having breakfast now ted never denied that it was his father instead he said donald trump i had nothing to do with it and it's not like he said something that was true either. He just literally made some shit up on the spot. And Ted Cruz is sitting there like, well, I went to Harvard and I debated or whatever dumb shit he did. And it's like, I don't know what to fucking say because I didn't prepare for this. I didn't have little index cards and my flowchart didn't have him accusing me of, you know, having my dad kill JFK or some shit like that. It's just so <laughs> dumb. 
So dumb. <laughs> oh, it's so dumb, but so just incredible. I mean, we you should take this as some bright spots. I mean, the rest of it's just sadistically and and fucked up. And let's not forget, people did die. It is kind of shitty that it all happened, but you know, at the end of the day, you're not going to get any change from the people that Trump Trump did, like Trump's base, without like putting them all in jail and taking away the right to have guns. The second amendment goes away when you're a felon. Yeah. There need to be hard direct charges for a lot of this stuff in a vast quantity. Like, I don't think you can get away with charging like the ringleaders or just a few select people. It has to be far reaching and pretty draconian to ensure that basically the organization of the right wing online is cut off permanently. Gone. Yeah, I mean, you can't have people talking about, you know, murdering um, people of different colors online and then actually showing up in real life to do those things because that's when it crosses. I mean, it crosses the boundary in the beginning in the first place, but when they hit around online as trolls, it wasn't as dangerous as when they were allowed to come out in light. And that I think that's the one thing that Trump did that's super fucked up is he allowed the people that used to hide behind the screens to come out and start living their wildest fantasies. And that's when you have to bring it down and say, we're enough of this. This is crazy. So if you're the Republicans, what do you gain by, let's say, not voting for impeachment first? What What's the con of trying to stop Trump from being impeached? Either impeached or convicted, depending on what legislative body you're in. I don't know if there is a con from trying to stop it, besides people might remember, but we're talking about another election cycle two years away. So Biden is going to do things that's going to piss people off and you're going to see, you know, the Republican Party doing things that's going to piss people off or make them happy on their base. I don't know if there is a downside. I, I don't I don't I think I think making them vote against it shows how cowardly they are in supporting Trump, because maybe, you know, they argue that the, that they're the party of rule and law and law and order. And you can see that by them not voting for Trump, maybe that puts that splinter there and law enforcement agencies stop supporting them. But. I don't really know if there is a downside. So I think I think the biggest thing the Dems can do is just force a vote and make the Republicans effectively decide whether they're on, I want to impeach or not on impeach, because that naturally creates a schism. And I think a lot of Republicans have this notion, and this might be changing, we'll talk about it, but I want to appeal to Trump's base because I believe that there is value in Trump's base. I'm not sure that there is value in Trump's base, especially based on the Georgia election results. I think that's kind of the bright light on a hill that says you know maybe his base isn't worth fucking anything but at the same time you have holly and cruz competing for it then you got don jr who's really trying to be the leader he's going to rallies and firing everybody up he just released a book about how liberals are stealing america or something stupid just some dumb book but he's really going for that base and i and i'm kind of up in the air about what the power strike struggle really is there if you come from a really red state you know, you're going to probably win nationwide regardless of how far right you go. You just have to make it past the primaries. But places that are up for in contests, like in this case it was Georgia, I mean, it's it's almost like you don't want to be part of the base because it's going to turn off maybe your independent voters, more moderate Republicans. The the one part about Trump's base that I can say is a little bit different than traditional you know Republican bases, they donate, and they donate a lot of money. You might just be in to get the donations. But the problem with donations is donations – don't vote. You mean some Republican candidates are just in it to grift? I'm shocked by these allegations. Ah, oh, I didn't mean to really tear off the uh, bandage there, but yes. 
I mean, there's like the whole what was that? Newt Gingrich's like um, small business owner of the year. He's just using his donation base from the '90s, and he's still making money off of it, still living the the wildest dream, which is being a quote unquote political influencer and just grifting off people paying him a hundred dollars to get a fucking dumbass plaque that says you're the small business owner of the year. It's like buying yourself into them, those books, like who's who in like, I don't know, Texas. And you pay $45 to have your name printed in a book. And you're like, look, I'm, I'm in a book. I'm, I'm one of the top 100 influential people in Bumblefuck, Missouri. Yeah. So I guess there is some truth to that base, right? Um, getting that money. I don't know. It's no different than trying to just prey on individuals who have too much money, I guess, to have in their pocket and want to give it to you. It, it's it's really, it's a weird place because it, you see it too with Bernie where you have these really like excited donors, but they just don't have enough electoral power to push you over the edge. They have enough money to make you like a front runner or at least or make you competitive, but it's just not enough electoral power to, to really pull you over the, the, the edge there and win. And I think that's what Trump's base is. Like they donate, but they just they're just not enough to to make you number one. So Trump's base will storm the Capitol. But do you think they're effective at door knocking? Like they there was no attempt by the Trump campaign to harness all of his supporters and to actually do something electorally competent, right? Like they didn't do anything. No, but that's because they're a channel to be dickheads. You could take those same assholes and put the fucking Confederate flag behind their trucks and and I bet they would go down neighborhoods and put mailers into people's like newspaper boxes for you. Oh, I I'm absolutely sure they would because after all Trump convinced them to storm the Capitol, but they never got asked to do anything marginally productive. That's true. The other thing though is he may have just been targeting the people with mental illness and he just found the people that like the all the bullies that that didn't take their meds that day that wanted to go to the Capitol and act stupid. People who believe things like, oh, 3% of all the politicians are um, lizard men, and Jesus Christ is coming back in my lifetime. Those type of people. Like, I have to break into the Capitol because the rapture is going to happen then? Yeah, like, I don't have to care about the environment because I believe that I'm 95 years old, and Jesus is going to come sometime in my lifetime. So it's fine. What? I made a calculated risk decision here, and I'm pretty confident in the rapture, so I'm going to just keep my house with fucking coal and i'm not going to give up smoking either the the commercials tell me it's not healthy but i think that's a, an elaborate hoax too yeah that's just the government trying to control me by not having me smoke uh so another angle for the republicans on the impeachment front is if they were to actually convict trump he would be prevented from running in 2024 and there's some arguments to be made that that would be beneficial to a various collection of ghouls like cruz and holly who may have political ambitions you don't have to deal with trump when you run for president that seems easier right <laughs> you can't be called a bitch <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's jeb bush you run again please clap you want to get your uh jeb guacamole holder only like 70 dollars limited time only campaign's not going to last forever yeah i um i think that's true and i think it, you're going to see people that that didn't partake that have very calculated beady-eyed psychopathic behaviors like Tom Cotton also sitting there too, right? You got people fleeing his White House who are trying to save themselves for a consulting gig, right? Oh, I, I left before it got bad. <laughs> yeah, you got individuals who are trying to leave before they get pulled in to basically, like, I don't know, testify. I mean, Mitch McConnell's wife just left the Secretary of the Transportation, right? Yeah, she left a steaming ship pile for Peter Butterbar. Yeah, that's right. 
there wasn't enough coke you know, anymore to deliver, so she had to leave. There, there's a lot of people who are trying to set themselves up as not as failures under Trump. That that they're that they're some sort of guiding light. That they're the adult in the room. And you heard that time and time again from his his campaign and I mean not his campaign, but everybody else saying, oh this. This person is the is the rock of the administration, all that nonsense, and they want to put themselves forward to be in that position, so they can't be embroiled in these these politics. And you see people like Cruz and Holly, who are very overly out in front, trying to position themselves as the twenty twenty four presidential candidate. I guess that's going after Trump's base. But then you have another set of psychopaths like Tom Cotton, who you have literally not heard his name in the last let's say week after all the insurrection stuff. And he's a literal fascist, but he's smart enough to just shut his mouth, vote how he's supposed to, so that he can be presented as the same candidate by the media when he runs. Yep. He's the best candidate they have. He's got the greatest ideas. He's he's so fucking sweet. You're, you're going to like him. He's the best. And then I think the, the last thing, that if you're a Republican and you just vote to uh, eliminate Trump from existence, what the hell are the Dems going to campaign on? They have nothing. So you kind of just, it's a kind of a proactive reaction to, well, we're just going to eliminate Trump and then the Dems are, are hosed. They have to actually run on policy and guess what? They control all three branches of government right now. So if your taxes go up or you get COVID or anything bad happens, you just point at the Dems and say, this is all your fault. Absolutely. And this is where you prune a couple to save the entire, you know, rest of the flock, right? You shave a couple off, let them eat shit. This is where you throw crews to the wolves. You throw, uh, Trump to the wolves, and you basically purge out your base that you don't want to see anymore so that the electorate doesn't turn its entire back on you and destroy your entire party. So the Republicans could go and do a purge of their own party, or they could sit back and let Capitol do the dirty work. I think that's what Capitol's going to do. I'm pretty sure of it. I'm pretty sure that what you're seeing now is Capitol has already position themselves to not only support Biden in the next four years to get that neoliberal um, juice flowing, but also to get rid of any of the riffraff that causes a distraction from their agenda. Right? We have a lot of transportation stuff that has to come out, and they're ready for it. Right? There's been a lot of talk already about the transportation bill, and they're waiting for it. And the only way the CEOs of these large companies are going to be able to get that money is if Biden can pass that bill. And you can't have that with individuals who are grandstanding trying to stop you know, the national debt going up, and you can't grandstand and say, oh, we don't need transportation without getting rid of Medicaid or, or all this stuff. So they just got to get rid of those that are going to be in the way of getting some major piece of legislation through that basically fund, you know, more and more millionaires every year. So this is Google. This is Amazon. This is the big banks coming out and saying, oh, we're not going to donate to Republicans who voted to decertify the election or whatever the corporations deem to be politically incorrect. They can say we're not going to fund you anymore. The thing about it is that corporations could have come out at any point in, say, the last four years during Trumpism and taken that exact same stand, but they didn't. So why are they doing it now? Money! I think they had milked everything out of Trump, and all they had to do was is wait for Biden to show up. And the only way to really wait this out was to stir it up and allow these things to happen. But we're seeing the old guard dying off and we're seeing a push from new capital that may be actually causing some of the splintering causing the stagnation of what we consider to be foreign policy or domestic policy just just from the fact that the conservative big donors the the nazis the fascists the who's that asshole from vegas just died from las vegas sheldon adelson a moment of silence for dear sheldon 
yeah, that guy, he just died and he was a piece of shit, right? So you, you have you have this new money coming into in the power in which they're going to start donating, but they're going to be donating on, on different fronts. So instead of having a, a manufacturing base or a casino base, we're seeing technology bases. And it's a, it's a different need, right? The infrastructure associated with uh, technology, self-driving cars and or Tesla and going to the moon and all that shit is a lot different than ruining the environment with coal production. So I think we're going to see a huge fight amongst the billionaire class soon and how to get the best neoliberal policies forward for them. And I think this is where that purge is going to start getting rid of individuals and areas that are no longer needed, either from stagnating or getting rid of regulations. And you're starting to see a consolidation of companies very overtly supporting what I'm going to say is the Democratic Party's neoliberalism. There's a segment of the down party that is not neoliberal, relatively small, and they have no power. We've talked about this before. And then there's a segment of the Republican Party who is also neoliberal, but it's really not clear like where the division in the Republican Party is anymore. You used to have a group of people that were okay with killing brown kids in foreign countries and imperialism and exploitation and all that. And that group of people appears to be relatively small. It's probably the 10 people that voted for impeachment today. And then you have everybody else, which is some 200 people that... I don't really know where they stand on capital spectrum for their usefulness. Some of these new reps that just got elected that have no qualifications, aren't tied to capital, they're not useful to capital. So capital doesn't care whether they get thrown aside or maybe they keep getting elected perpetually like Steve King did in Iowa, but he's literally stripped of his chairmanships and has absolutely no power. Capital doesn't care about his measly one vote in northwest Iowa. And that district's pretty much dead. And I think that will be the pattern that plays out for a number of these reps. Right. I think Holly and Cruz could potentially be purged by capital because I don't know that they, they toe the line to a good enough extent. They're, they're useful, but they're kind of useful idiots at the same time. Capital wants to make money, but they don't want to incur the cost of storming the capital. Yeah, that was too far. Yeah, they, they went one step too far when they stormed the Capitol, right? Everybody that stormed there and everybody that votes for Trump, their material conditions are, are very similar to the people that don't vote for Trump, right? They're, they're stressed every day. They're, their jobs suck. They don't make enough money. They don't have good health insurance. If everything that both sides have the same thing, the proletariat suffers the same way, just the proletariat split as to what to believe to be true and what to believe is the right way forward. And everybody that stormed the Capitol, they're, they're either broken up into a group of insane people who want to see it burn or people who genuinely believe that, it, based on their material conditions, that Trump is their savior and he will make their life better, and that the only way forward is to fight Biden because Biden's going to hurt them. So it's our job and our message to get past them and basically say, are you sure this is what's important to you? And teach them why the belief that Trump has is the wrong way for them to, to move forward and why even the belief that the Democratic Party has is the way to move forward and that it's it's coming towards the socialist idea or coming towards the leftist idea that the worker comes first. And that needs to be our message. So storming the Capitol is maybe exhibit A in the prosecution of propaganda works. Propaganda works. And I'm not going to say everybody involved with storming the Capitol, but I'll say some segment of Trump's base in general are disaffected members of the proletariat that believe their material conditions are caused by evil demons because Fox News told them that. And the fact that they believe that is a problem 
but it's it's not necessarily a problem they created. It's a problem that the larger systemic capitalist structure created to ensure that capital maintains in power by spinning up people to have a scapegoat for their problems. And if that's you know the demon that works in the capital or what have you, that's the problem that needs to be addressed. And storming the capital is the symptom. Absolutely the symptom. And it's the only way to really talk about how the Koch brothers have spent their entire time and life creating this army of followers that are fighting against, you know, their their own lifestyle. I mean, the Koch brothers did a great job of convincing the poor that the billionaires would take care of them and that regulations are bad for them. But it was through time and time again hitting on the propaganda. The Center for American Prosperity or Center for American whatever. I mean, all these centers that are out there are designed to keep you second-guessing whether or not you should collect Social Security checks every month. The storming of the Capitol and impeachment is a logical conclusion of this weird right-wing abdication of any, I'm going to say, tenants. The right doesn't stand for anything anymore other than what the right wing of capital can manufacture their beliefs to be. And those beliefs are, in most cases, batshit crazy, but they're not formulated to benefit anybody. They're formulated to squell unrest among a certain segment of the population that capital wants to hold down. And the reason why they're batshit crazy is because you have to do really insane mental gymnastics to justify your belief system because they don't actually add up to one. Right. To, to argue that not your boss is giving away your job, but the poor person that came across the border is taking your job is fundamentally flawed because you, you how do you argue that somebody who is unqualified to do engineering or, or be a PCA has taken your job when really it's your boss has found a cheaper person to, to do the job for him? It's effectively creating a paradox that lives in every Trump supporter that is perpetuated by a bigger and bigger lie. And we effectively saw with the storming of the Capitol that that paradox could no longer be upheld without precipitating the need for direct action. And that's what we saw. Yes. Yep. They believe that direct action, because of what what was told to them, was the only way for them to, quote-unquote, take back America, take back the party, take back the Capitol, and, and save the world for Trump. Because their material conditions didn't change. And I think Capitol in some small part of their mind is understanding that they were complicit in this and in order to fix the glitch they need to purge a segment of the right wing that means eliminating some politicians that means i'm going to say censoring some right wing stuff online uh, because it helps mitigate their involvement and it helps prevent this in the future which is their objective because every time the system gets stressed that harms capital's ability to persist the status quo and that's their ultimate objective. What it really comes down to is that capital needs stability for some things, and it needs unrest for other. It needs unrest in order to push through its agenda on certain things like uh, deregulating or because of uh, financial crisis, right? It, it needs it needs those destabilizing parts to get the markets moving, to get the bonds kicked out, to get the government to print more money so that they get what they want, right? they need which is which is basically unfettered capitalism but at the same time they need us joined behind them in order for us to say things like yeah we need transportation bill please the roads are crumbling please give our money to the capitalists so they can fix our roads 
So it's it's that when they walk this line, that's when you're seeing all of these small little games being played at different levels so that they can come in and get those in power that they need in power to move forward with what they really want, which is to control the capital flow within the country. For future episodes and to learn more about the worker movement, join us at workermovement.com.